welcome to the Teen Boss Babe podcast. I'm your host, Paola, founder of Socials by Paola and Teen Boss Babes. I'm obsessed with supporting young entrepreneurs on making their business dreams come true. Stick around with me and learn all about starting your journey, how to grow, how to be successful, other boss babe journeys, and my journey. Now, let's get into being a Teen Boss Babe. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Teen Boss Babes podcast. Today, we have Kelsey. Kelsey is a graphic designer and the host of What's Stopping You podcast. I'm so excited to learn more about her story, and I hope you guys are too. Don't forget to get a cup of water or a cup of coffee or tea because this episode is going to be really long and really informative. So also, don't forget your notebook to write down all the amazing notes we chat about. So let's get into the episode. Hi, thanks for being here. Hey, so excited. This is actually my first podcast that I'm a guest on. Oh my god, that's amazing. I, I love that. Thank you for being like the first one you wanted to be on. It means so much. Now feel free to let everyone know who you are, your name, what you do, anything about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Kelsey. I'm 20 years old, about to, about to be 21, hoping I don't have a 21st birthday in quarantine, but we'll see. Um, I am a college student at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, I'm a junior, um, I, so I graduate next May. So thank goodness I'm not about to graduate. Uh, I'm a graphic designer. I, again, like you said, have a podcast um, that I started in January. Um, I love you know, self-improvement, um, fitness, uh, talking about like my career and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm a very like busy person. I, I do a lot in a bunch of different avenues. So I'm excited for our conversation today to talk about all of it. Yeah, I'm so excited too. And I'm so excited to learn about your story and what you do, because as we said before I started this, I love learning about other people's stories and how they, you know, how their journey goes and how their entrepreneur journey or you having a podcast, like maybe your structure of your podcast is different than mine. So I love learning about new stories and I hope the listeners are as well. So are you ready Mm -hmm. to get into some questions? Yeah, absolutely. So feel free to tell us, how did you start your entrepreneur journey into graphic design, freelancing? Let us know. So I have a pretty complex backstory. It goes back a long way, but I'll kind of just make it short and sweet. I started as a graphic designer when I was 11. I took a class in middle school, um, like a yearbook class, because we were allowed to like help do our yearbook. And so I took that class to um, be a a photographer because I really liked that you got to work with really cool, expensive cameras. And so that's why I started doing that. And then I did that all throughout middle school and realized eventually that the part I liked the most about it was doing the design and laying out the pages and coming up with ideas and doing all the colors and all that stuff and that the photography wasn't really all that important to me. So fast forward to about the middle of high school, I was, you know, doing graphic design. Um, I kind of had established that was going to be my career path. I established that from a very young age, which I think is a little bit unique to me. Um, It's not very common that people find their way that early. Um, And so I was about 15, I would say. And I, I think I was about 15 because I remember I started doing this before I could get like an actual real job Um, and people knew I was a graphic designer. Um, A lot of family friends knew that that's what I did and they liked the work that I do and people just started approaching me uh, asking like, oh, I have a small business. Can you do my logo or can you do a flyer for me? Or people were really just starting out launching their businesses um, through social media or promoting their their businesses through social media and people were like oh could you design something for me to post on social media and so I really started just 
you know, helping people out and just like having fun with it because at that point I wasn't monetizing anything. I was just doing it for fun and to be helpful. Uh, and so that's kind of where I started now. I'm, I feel like I'm at a very different place now, but yeah, it really started as actually just like a passion project. Super cool. I love that. And I didn't know that you started at such a young age. And I feel like it's something that reflects onto your future when you start young because you learn all these skills along the way and you're also able to like discover who you are and what you want to do and that's exactly what you do and that's really really cool that you've known what you've been wanting to do since middle school I mean kind of like middle school high school and you're already like almost graduating college that's super super interesting and thank you for sharing yeah I think yeah I I think um yeah it's definitely very unique that I found that that quickly but it's also crazy when I think about it like I'm just gonna graduate college in a year um and you think like you get an entry-level job and you're starting at the bottom but I look back on it and I'm like I've been a designer for 10 years like I have 10 years of experience and it's kind of like an interesting thing when you like think about jobs or you think about um like having a career in the future like I have 10 years of experience and not everybody has that. So, um, yes. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Experience is always like really, really good because no matter like, you know, you're in high school or anything like experience always matters because it means that you've been doing something for a long time. Um, as well as you saying that you found out like what you wanted to do in high school. And it kind of relates to me because when I was, Barely like last year or the end of the year, I found out that I wanted to go to fashion school and I wanted to do some visuals and do PR and all that. And it's a really unique feeling to know what you want to do with your life at such an early age. And it's it's so cool because it just feels different. Like you feel put together. You feel like like you you knew this was the right path and you know it's going to be something good in the future because you work so hard for it at that moment that in the future it's going to get better and better. So it's really, really cool that we can relate on that too. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So why did you want to start freelancing? Like you said that you started off just, you know, doing it for fun and helping people. When did you realize that it was time to market as freelancing and start charging people? Um, It was probably about a year or so later. So when I was 16 to 17, um, I started getting, uh, I got a real job. I was a gymnastics coach was my first job ever. And backstory, I was a gymnast for like 10, 12 years. So, um, but yeah, I started working as a gymnastics coach and I started making money and I realized I have so many other marketable skills that I could make money off of, um, primarily my graphic design work, because I, I, trust in my abilities as a designer and I realized that the work that I was doing was just as good as some people who already had their degree or um, you know I would look at people's logos or the their flyers or their social media and the person that was doing it all had a college degree and I, how did you get a college degree and this is what work looks like um, so I realized that I you know had a skill and a talent and I was like well there's no way I shouldn't be charging people for this because they're making $500 on a really ugly logo whereas I'm making no money so I think when I was about 16 or 17 I kind of talked with my parents about how I should go about it and I really just started charging people very much a bare minimum price but like a little bit nonetheless And yeah, I just, people would keep approaching me and I was very surprised because at first, like I would say I charged like $30 for a logo, which if you don't know anything about freelance design, like if a company 
were to approach a freelancer, they'd be willing to pay upwards of $500, $1,000, $2,000, depending on the size of the company. So $30 is very reasonable. And so I, I was charging very minimum prices and I was so surprised, like, oh my gosh, everyone's okay with paying $30? Like I thought it was so much money. I guess I didn't really have an understanding of like what a lot of money was back then. Um, and like what what kind of what I deserve to be paid, um, even though I didn't have an actual formal education yet. Um, but yeah, I just started charging people and I, I kind of marketed myself as like, I'm young, so you might not not you might not want to trust me because I'm young, but I'm cheap and I can prove that I'm good. So like I feel like I had all of those things going for me and the clients just kept coming and that's really a way that I made like a good amount of money um, was, you know, other than being a gymnastics coach, my other like primary income was being a freelancer from like the age of 16. That's, that's so cool because I also relate to that when I started out, I was just charging a bare minimum of like $25 for a YouTube intro, but knowing now knowing in the future that someone is already paying a hundred dollars for it, I was like, why was I not charging that in the beginning? Like <laughs> they could have charged that, but it's super interesting to see that people also go through that, like the money phase, because if you start out so young at 16 or 17 or even younger, you might not understand like how much it really is, like the cost per work. So mm -hmm. for example, you that you sold your logo for $30 and now you probably sell it for double. But in the beginning, you still ch could have charged so much because your work is still the same and your work is valued. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, really love that because it's, it's something that teens actually don't really like think about. They're just like, oh, I want to sell something. I'm going to sell it for $30 because for us, for me, when I started, $30 was like, oh, my God, someone's going to pay $30. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I learned from, I think it was the Real Real podcast um, by Natalie Barbu or with Natalie Barbu. The thing that I learned from one of her episodes with, um, oh, what, what's her name? She does ESM Creative, uh, Emily McGoldrick. I don't know why I couldn't think of her name. She That was an incredible episode. If you're a graphic designer or wanting to start a freelance graphic design business, you need to listen to that episode. Um, it tells you everything you need to know. But the most important thing I learned that is if someone has a demand for you and your services, you can always increase your price. Like your price is always flexible. You can always raise it. You can always lower it. But if you're in demand, you need to raise your price. So once I was 17, 18 and going into college, I was being approached by people who wanted me to design their political campaigns, people that wanted me to design you know, their business and their website, which web, web development is a huge, huge moneymaker in the world of design. Um, so I was realizing that people like the big dogs are coming out to ask me to do their design and so that's when I really realized I should start raising my prices yeah I love that because it's you got to a point that you realize like oh like this is serious like I need to charge more like this is something that people are coming for and it's now not just the time to be charging you know $150 for a website like it's now to be charging more like thousands like you know yeah a lot more and yeah it's it's really cool to see that when you find out your value and you know that your value is there because you can be undervalued for a while. But once you hit that point mm -hmm. that, you know, I am worth this is this much, it just feels good because you're like, wow, someone really wants me to work. And for that amount of money, like, it's just, it's always such a surprising thing. So yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if you have a career or you're looking for a career in the creative field, just know that, like, experience is the number one thing. Um, So, like, starting as early as you and having that proof of concept is, like, the number one way in which you'll, you know, increase your um, customer base or uh, make more money. So uh, I'll just say I'm really glad that I started as early as I did because even though right now I still don't have a degree, I could be, I mean, I, I do charge like basically as much as someone who is 30 and has had a degree for 10 years, but I already have that kind of, um, you know, experience under my belt. Yeah. And that also shows that like a college degree or a piece of paper doesn't really have to value how much you're worth or how much your work is because I'm still in high school and I'm still, you know, charging people and I don't have a degree in anything. I'm still, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm still 17 and same here with you. Like you don't even have a degree yet and you're still so successful in what you do. And that's the, you know, the, the amazing part of being a freelancer and working online that no matter if you do have a degree or you don't like, you're still able to do something that you love and you're still able to follow it. And as well as you were saying, it's kind of like the same thing in the beginning with the people that have degrees and they create these, not to be rude, but like ugly designs because mm-hmm. I've seen it. Like I've seen people that, you know, they they have their degree, they're like marked or like graphic design degree. And then they have like these graphics that you could make in five minutes and they're charging $500 for them. Like it's, it doesn't matter what you have and what paper you have for you to be successful and for you to be, you know, have your good designs because it it should never matter. And that's a good example with you because you said it doesn't really matter for you. Like you're doing it without a degree and doing it young as well. Oh my God. I like to ramble. I talk so much. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's all good. Yeah. I'll just say like to wrap that up real quick is like, um, I knew when I was going into college, I knew I didn't need a degree to be successful in what I was doing. I got a degree because I'm fortunate enough that my parents pay for my degree. And so if your parents, let me just say this, if you are in high school and your parents want to pay for you to go to college, you better go to college. That's like my number one thing is like, if your parents are paying for it, you need to go because it is beyond expensive. But um, so that's why I went to college. But I knew that if if I wasn't in the position where my parents could pay for me to go to college, I probably wouldn't have gone to college because I knew I had the experience and I had the skill set that if I had spent the last three years not focusing on college and just focusing on my freelance company, like I would still like be very successful. So that's just something to know. Yeah. And I also like go with that. Like if you are fortunate enough to go to college, I really like, just go. You can get a degree in something you're passionate about. It could be, you know, graphics or it can be fashion and you can implement that to the business that you have right now. And you can even learn more skills while being in college because I'm pretty sure you probably have learned so many new skills that maybe you didn't know about and now you can put into your business. And that's also Mm -hmm. like an amazing thing if you do have like the choice to go to college. Like you already mentioned a little bit about like how you learned your skills, but do you have like a little bit more detail on like how you, from that phase that you started your photography and you were taking pictures when did you realize that like what did you create that made you realize oh I like graphics like I am I'm obsessed with doing graphics so I first think I mean it probably happened about a year later when I was still in that yearbook room and 
basically how that yearbook class worked is uh, we had a teacher, obviously, and she did kind of the, the basic layout of the book. And um, the students were all like the reporters. And we would go get everybody's stories and, you know, throughout the year um, to really culminate into the yearbook. And we would take the pictures and do all that stuff. And I realized after doing that for about like a year in that class, I was kind of tired of talking to people and being the photographer and taking the pictures, you know, I, I would say I'm definitely an extrovert, but I was just like, I didn't want to be bothered by talking to people and like dealing with people. I don't know why, but um, I realized I really just liked sitting in the yearbook room at the computer and like designing what everybody would give me. So like if somebody had a story that they reported on, um, and they had a picture of the person and all that stuff, I would so much rather, you know, take all that text and put it in the text box and put their, put their picture in and like design it so that it looked nice. And I'm definitely a perfectionist. And let me tell you that the majority of the people in yearbook were terrible designers. They should not have been allowed to use a year, uh, the, the software or design the yearbook in the slightest. So I kind of took it on myself to like make uh, that like what I did well uh, because everybody can take a picture and everybody can you know go talk to somebody and get a quote from them but not everybody was good at using the software so I decided I I would you know take it upon myself um, and then that really quickly led me into figuring out that I wanted to be a graphic designer and as I approached the end of eighth grade I realized uh, this is what I want to do this is what I'm good at I learned all the Adobe softwares I took it upon myself to do it in my own time um, even when you know my teacher didn't teach it to us uh, and it was just so fun to me so I actually ended up going to a different high school than what I was supposed to go to. So in my in my school district, I, I went to public school my whole life, um, but in my school district, each high school has like a specialization. So like the, one high school is like the STEM high school, the other one is like the visual performing arts high school and all that stuff. So the high school that I was supposed to go to was a little bit more um, STEM, agriculture, medicine, those kind of classes. Um, they all had they all had like regular like history and English, but like the electives um, or like like the the classes you could take for fun were kind of more steered in that direction and like engineering and stuff like that and I was like I don't want to do that so I ended up switching uh, high schools to go to the visual performing arts high school which my sister had already transferred to as well because she's a musician um, so yeah I went to a different high school in order to do graphic design and so once I was in a different high school for something that I knew was going to be my career I was like in it for a long haul because that's like a pretty big commitment to make to leave all your friends and you know go somewhere where the bus isn't going to pick you up and your mom has to drive you to school every day until you can drive um so it was, yeah it was a really big commitment and that's when I kind of knew that you know I was a graphic designer that's so cool that you took that leap and you noticed that you needed to take that change to you know start your future in somewhere else and it's a it's a bit of you know, you will get scared if you do want to start something and it has to transition what your life is typically as. For example, you saying that you were in this middle school with all your friends and you had to leave them to do something that you love and follow your passion. And it's something that will happen or can happen to you. And it's totally fine because just remember that in the in the long run, you're going to be the one doing what you love and you're going to be, you know, in the future, having all these skills that you learned in that four-year college 
I mean, for your high school, going to the school, you know, doing graphics, doing anything that you want. And now you're here in college, still doing graphics, learning all these skills that you had from middle school, high school and everything and still implementing them to your business. So that that's really, really amazing. I love learning that. That's that's <laughs> really cool. And I never heard about like because I I'm in California, so I've never heard like that type of school thing that's really really interesting yeah I think it's I think it's a Texas thing or like common in Texas I know like I know in like California or a lot of other states you could go to like a charter school or private school that's like a performing arts school um but yeah that's kind of how our school district is set up um I'm in Austin Texas I was born and raised in Austin Texas so my school is in Austin Texas so maybe it's like a big city thing Mm -hmm. I'm not sure but yeah it definitely was a cool opportunity yeah, that's really, really cool. I love that. Since you do graphic design and we've already learned a little bit more about you and your story about it, I'd love to know what services do you offer with graph or with your business and what exactly are each one? Okay, so I really, so a lot of designers do, like freelancers do like packages and that's kind of how they'll do it. Um, I actually do a fully um, like customized I guess you would call it package, but I completely customize everything to what the business needs. So I don't sell like a package because, you know, what if they only need a logo um, or they only need uh, someone to run their social media or design graphics for their social media. Um, and, you know, a, a package doesn't always, isn't always super conducive to what the business needs. So it very much varies based on what people come to me for. Um, And sometimes that'll be a logo, you know, running a political campaign and like designing every single graphic you could possibly need from signage to letterhead to like postcards and rack cards and all these other things. Um, So yeah, it all varies, but I generally do basically anything that it runs the gamut from, you know, logos to posters to I've just recently started doing a lot of social media design um, and management, which is really cool. Uh, I do, you know, print design, I'll do signage um, for, you know, if you have a physical, like, space, um, like, your sign on the outside of your building. Um, I've done, I really, I'm honestly, like, there isn't anything in terms of design that I don't do, and I'm pretty, pretty, you know, vocal about that with my customers. Like, I can really do anything. Um, It's just about, like, working together and figuring out what you want me to do. Um, I do animation. I do, I mean, I don't really do a ton of photography or videography because um, that involves like a whole other set of skills. Um, but I do like art direction. I do uh, brand, like developing brand guidelines. A lot of times my my expertise comes in where I develop, you know, a framework for people to use going forward. So I kind of develop, you know, their logo and what colors they want to use and their fonts and all that stuff. And then I pass that off to them and then they go about implementing all those things in the future. So it's not always like a continued relationship. I've had some design jobs where it's been like a continued relationship for months. Um, whereas other times it's just like one off type of things. So yeah, I, but in terms of like what I offer, it's really every everything anything you could want I can generally do yeah I I love that because I'm also like that for my social media packages or social media business type stuff I customize it to every to any client if they need you know additional something or additional this or they want to take out something um because I feel like it's really important to do to 
you know, fit into what their needs are because you don't want to sell them something that they're not going to use because they're going to be like, I literally paid probably like $700 and I'm only going to use one thing. Like it's, yeah. it's very common for like us that are very like graphic, very like personalized, you know, um, services that are very, you know, personalized. We listen to the customer, we listen to what they want, what they need. And then if they ever need help, you know, you can always refer to them back to you and stuff like that. And I, I haven't really met anyone else that does it like that. I felt like I was the only one. I was like, Oh my God, why am I like, I see everyone's websites and they have fixed prices for all their things. And I'm just over here without fixed prices, you know, customizing to like my client and what they need. But it's really cool to see that someone else is doing that too. I think it can also be difficult um, to do that as well. You walk a fine line because sometimes the customer is like, I just want a logo. I want to look on your website, see what it costs for a logo, and then decide if I want to contact you about it, you know? Um, And then other times, you know, someone is like, oh my gosh, great. They can do whatever I decide that I want to do. I'm super indecisive. I have no idea what I need. And then I go in and tell them what they need and then they pay for it. So I guess it can, it can bite you in the butt sometimes when people have to reach out to you and be like, I just need a logo. What can I pay you? And then, you know, uh, that sometimes is a little bit too much for people to deal with. Uh, but I think most of the time people are very um, encouraged by the fact that they they're the ones in control the the best thing about running your own business or at least freelancing in the creative realm is that you're giving them the illusion that they're in control but in reality you're the one who's in control um especially with design because the people who come to me are not designers in the slightest and that's why they come to me so i would definitely say that uh you know being able to be flexible is probably the number one thing that has helped me, but also like a little bit of rigidity can't hurt as well. So just something to think about There's not one right way to do it or one wrong way to do it. For me, customization is the way that I enjoy to do it and that works for my customers, but it's not going to work for everybody. But also not everybody's your customer. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Like it's always, it just depends on who you get and what you're, what you're trying to do with your business. It's all up to the person who wants, who, how you want to format your business. If that's, you know, set prices, you know, customize one-on-one prices, anything, it's all up to you because I mean, you're the run, run, you're the one running it. No one's going to tell you different. (laughs) Yeah. So I always love asking people how they format their websites because it's super cool to see like different types of styles of websites. Cause you know, you'll never see one website that looks exactly the same. So I would love to know, what gave you the inspiration to format the website, your website, the way it is? So I use Squarespace, which I feel like anytime anyone says Squarespace, they're talking like it's an ad for Squarespace. So this is not an ad for Squarespace. Um, Squarespace, if you want to sponsor me, I would love for you to waive my fees every year because it is, it can be quite expensive, but Yeah, so I use Squarespace, and the best thing about Squarespace is that there are templates for literally any type of business, so um, depending on what type of business you're running, they'll have like a template. So for mine, mine is more like portfolio-based, so like people just like looking at your work versus like an e-commerce site where, you know, people need to be able to like put things in their cart and check out, so um, which can also be done through Squarespace as well. And I think Squarespace is pretty much superior to like Wix and all those other um, 
sites just for like accessibility and ease of use and all that um but in terms of like what inspired me to format it that way i actually i used to just say like oh it's just an easy portfolio website like it's not that exciting but then one day i was in class like in the fall last last year 2019 in the fall um and this guy who was a designer came to visit one of my classes um, and just talk about his work and like his company and all that stuff and that's pretty common in college people bring in speakers um and so we had a speaker and he was showing us his portfolio website kind of to show um some other people you know not everybody comes into college on the same level in terms of design so some people at this point in college don't even have a portfolio website whereas i've had one for like seven years so um he came in and showed us his portfolio website and it was like really cool and i basically copied his so that's exactly where i got the inspiration i think the best way to know what your website should look like is figure out other people that do the same thing that you do and figure out what you like about their website and what you hate about their website and avoid the things that you hate about their website and steal the things that you love about their website all while you know using you know your own colors and logos and making it unique to your brand but there's 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 only like so many things you can do with a website you know um because you want to keep it accessible and you want to keep it um easy for people to find stuff um whatever they're looking for so yeah i would just say like that's that's how i found my inspiration and the easiest way for anyone else to do it is just stalk people's websites <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like what I do too. And because I'm currently in the process, or probably when this is launched, I already redesigned my website, but <laughs> it took me so long to find out how I wanted it. I would just like look at different people, different people that do the same thing as me. And I'm just like, oh my God, their website looks so cool. Like, <laughs> I need to look at what they're doing. But kind of looking at their websites would give you or give me inspiration on how to format mine and not so much copying it but kind of having like the same style and how I am so like engaged in their website I want that for mine mm -hmm. um, as well as I also really look into people's like descriptions for example like like their services pages like if they're trying to sell you something I'm just like how am I supposed to write this yeah so I also get inspiration from that too and I feel like it's very common and it's not like you're stealing it's just a way to like inspire you and see different ideas that maybe you want to implement because I'm pretty sure they implement it from someone else too yeah yeah that's the other thing is like one i I read this book one time, I don't remember what book it was, but it was a book and it, it basically, the premise of the book was that there are no original ideas anymore and that, you know, um, you're just stealing from everybody all the time and everyone's stealing from everybody all the time. So there's no, there's no fault to be, to be dealt out to anybody because we're all stealing. So I think, I don't think it's wrong to like look at somebody's website and be like, that's really working here. Let me do that on mine because um, the majority of what we do every day in our lives is seeing what somebody else does that's, you know, productive or cool and then copying them. So um, yeah, I don't see anything wrong. I mean, obviously if your website is to a T exactly like someone else's website, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't find anything wrong with, you know, stealing ideas. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's wrong either. It's what we've come to now in the, in the world I <laughs> yeah think we're just inspiring each other so it's not bad because I feel like if you have a business and you're thinking of you know you want your website you want to have a good like you know 
book me type of paragraph. Like you can look at mine, but I took inspiration from someone else. Mm -hmm. And then that also shows that you're taking inspiration from my website. So it's like, it's kind of like a big community of like sharing ideas. So it's a positive. That's what the internet is. So yeah. So don't worry. Don't be scared if you try to get inspiration from another website. It's totally fine. Um, so now I want to talk about your podcast because, of course, we are recording a podcast and I love learning about different podcasts. So what was the reason behind starting your podcast? What is your podcast? What can we see on your podcast? Anything about it? Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called What's Stopping You with Kelsey Jones. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the places that you can find everyone's podcast and probably this podcast as well. Um, so that's where you can find it if you're interested. But um, I started it in January, but I had the idea um, for a couple months before that. So I'd say probably in October of 2019, I really got serious about the idea that I wanted to start a podcast. And I didn't know what it was going to be about. I didn't know when I was going to launch it. But 2019 was definitely the year of the podcast for me because I started listening to a bunch of podcasts. And that's kind of the year that YouTubers started, you know, switching or like moving from just doing YouTube to also having a podcast. So some of my favorite YouTubers started their podcast and I would listen to those. And so I decided I wanted to start one, but I really didn't know what I wanted it to be about. Um, And I didn't know what I wanted to name it. And it was just a whole mess. So it took me about a solid three months of being scared to do it and not knowing what to talk about and not knowing what to call it because sometimes the name is what you get hung up on the most. I took like two months figuring out just what I wanted to name the podcast. Um, And I remember one day I was sitting in my room and I was like, today's the day we're going to figure out what we're doing here and we're going to make a plan and we're going to buy the equipment and we're just going to do it. So I was sitting in my room and I was scrolling through new, um, phone wallpapers because I needed a new wallpaper for my phone and I got a new iPhone in November the iPhone 11 and I decided I wanted um instead of just pictures on my phone every time I looked at my you know unlocked my phone I wanted to have like a motivational quote um just kind of to remind me like what I'm working on and what I'm working for um instead of just a cute picture because you know my Instagram is full of cute pictures and I look at my Instagram all the time so I was looking through the quotes and I came upon this one wallpaper and it said what's stopping you on it and it just for some reason really hit me and I was like what what is stopping me like what what is preventing me from you know doing this project that I've really been passionate about for a couple months and I haven't done it yet and I realized I was afraid of what people would think of me and I was just really indecisive and I wasn't sure like just how to start and that's kind of when I decided like that's what the name is going to be it's going to be what's stopping you and I was just gonna you know throw my hands up and not let anything stop me from starting this podcast anymore and so I kind of decided that that inspired my whole platform in general so I wanted to create a podcast that was about empowering people and helping people through you know regular issues that we all face and also you know show people that even while I don't have like I I might seem like I have my life figured out and I'm doing all these things. I'm in school. I have a job. I have a freelance business. I'm starting a podcast. Like a lot, 
a lot of times people can look at me and other people who do similar things and think, wow, she has our whole life together. And I really wanted my podcast to be a place to show that my life is just as much of a mess as yours is. Um, but I also have a lot to share and a lot um, to say. And I just want to help people through all that and just help people become the best version of themselves. And that's kind of the 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 one-liner that I use a lot is like if someone asks what is your podcast about and I I say like to help people become the best version of themselves so it's not all just self-help I think that's a little mushy for me I, I mean I try to talk about lifestyle stuff I recently had an episode with my mom talking about my childhood and it's not all like serious like self-helpy but I feel like I, I have a lot of life lessons that I've learned in the 20 years of my life that I feel like I should I should share and I do share um, so that's kind of what what it's about and why I started. I love that. That's really cool. And I started listening to your podcast a while ago, and I was like, she has really good content, and it's something that it's really interesting to learn because there is a lot of different lifestyle, you know, type of podcasts where they share their life stories and all that. But it's different to hear different people's stories, and interesting to see how one person's experience can be different from the others, which is what I love and I'm type of I'm kind of like the type of person that loves listening to like inspirational podcasts like empowerment ones where you can learn something and that's kind of the reason why I started this podcast because I love learning from podcasts and I hope I can help people learn from podcasts as well because it's it's something that like you're just listening to it you could be walking you could be cleaning your room you could do be doing anything instead of you know because kind of podcasting now for me has taken over the music so when I'm like sitting down I used to be listening to music but now I'm like listening to a podcast and it feels very different because it feels like you're always learning no matter what podcast you're listening to if it's not inspirational if it's not kind of like a motivation it's not like a business one if it's just someone talking to their mom for example you or just someone talking about themselves about their day you're still learning something new and it's just it's a really cool feeling and that's why I'm a big advocate for podcasts because I love them. They're like literally amazing. <laughs> yeah. And my motivation behind starting a podcast versus starting a blog or a YouTube channel was a very strategic business move on my part. And I'll go ahead and say why. So podcasting hasn't really reached its like peak in terms of like saturation of the platform. So if you think about YouTube, probably everyone you know and their mom and their dog and their dad has a YouTube channel. Um, whether they post on it regularly or not, everyone's on YouTube. And I, when I was starting this podcast, I realized that there's about 4 million YouTube channels that are active right now. And there are about 700,000 active podcast channels. So if you think about that, there's like five YouTube channels for every one podcast. So the discoverability of your podcast is going to be so much higher than a YouTube channel because you're eliminating so many competitors by the market just not being as saturated. So I, I knew that from the beginning, obviously my growth would be slow and I would just have to stick it out. But I knew that getting in there early, just like YouTube, if you get in there early, it's so much easier for you to grow. Um, later on, you know, people who've been on YouTube for like five plus years, you know, they, you see them making like hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? So I, I strategically picked a podcast because I knew that maybe right now it won't be like, 
you know, millions of people watching or listening, I guess there's no video. Um, there might not be millions of people, but like that doesn't mean in a few years it won't grow to that. So um, that's why I started a podcast. And if you're interested in starting a YouTube channel, podcast, or blog, I would say go for it. But I would also say that podcasting is the least saturated and the most, you know, the most um, strategic, a smart strategic move in terms of like if you want to do podcasting as a part of your business. Now, if you're doing it for fun, of course, do anything for fun. I mean, I still do the podcast for fun, but yeah, I, I was, I'm hoping one day that I can, you know, continue to monetize my podcast. I just started monetizing my podcast, which is awesome. I mean, I'm not making thousands of dollars out here or anything, but um, yeah, that's all I have to say from a business perspective. Yeah, I love that because when I started my podcast, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to get discovered. Like, everyone is now doing podcasts but now that you say it it does make sense that there's not as many podcasts as there is for example you know youtube channels and content creators and it's a really good space too and it's just a place where you can you know express yourself and and share other people's stories and in reality it's a hundred times cheaper than starting a youtube channel Mm -hmm. for example a podcast you can even do it for your phone. If you download download Anchor, you could do it right from your phone. You don't even need to buy a microphone. You don't need to buy anything. You mm-hmm. can literally record out of your phone microphone. But if you want to go more advanced, I literally bought my microphone on Amazon for $30. I could invest more later in a microphone, but to start out, it was only $30. So it's it's a really, really cool and you know, inexpensive way to grow if that's growing your business or just growing your audience or wanting to try something new. It's And it's also not that hard to start making money on podcasts because like you said, you just started monetizing it and you can monetize it from the beginning because I started monetizing them from the beginning. And I was just like, on YouTube, it would take you probably like, I know on YouTube, you have to have a certain amount of followers to monetize a video Mm -hmm. and on podcasting, you don't, which is super cool. So if anyone wants to start a podcast, I really, really recommend it. It's, it's also so much fun. Like... (laughs) It's so yeah. much fun to chat with people or just chat with yourself and, you know, share people your stories because it's, it's really cool. It's a really cool community as well. And you'll see a lot of like podcasters support other podcasters, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I started my podcast, I did invest in a pretty expensive microphone, but that's really the only like expense that I've had, which is nice. Um, I used to have a different podcasting platform hosting service whatever you might call it um that I had to pay for but then I quickly realized that anchor was free I didn't know about that I was using buzzsprout at first um and so I quickly you know redirected my rss feed and don't pay anything now and get paid which is awesome so uh yeah my my real only investment was the microphone and you don't have to do you don't have to buy an expensive microphone right off the bat, though I do recommend having, you know, some type of microphone because your iPhone audio is good, but it's not like the best and you want, you know, good audio so that people will continue to listen to your podcast because bad audio can be off-putting. But yeah, the only like investment I would say I made is the microphone. And if you can, I, I spent like $120. If you can spend $120 to jumpstart your podcast, like it's the best $120 I've spent. Yeah. And it's literally a camera for YouTube is probably like $1,000 or yeah. at least 700 and a podcast, a hundred, I mean, a microphone, $120. 
Yeah. That is a lot of saving money. And it's also not a really big, like, it's not really taking a lot of your time if you think about it. Like a YouTube mm-hmm. video, you have to film all day and then you have to edit for probably like a couple of days to get the perfect video. And a podcast, you record, you can edit it and that's it. And you you published one. Like it's it's a super it's super cool. I just I can never stop talking about podcasts. They're like super interesting. Yeah, yeah. And also like with a YouTube video, like you have to like be on camera like I can look nasty while <laughs> podcasting and no one knows and yeah there's just so many benefits to podcasting I would say that if you haven't ever you know dipped your toe into anything like that I would just say why not try out a podcast and like if you don't want to buy a mic you could do it completely free from your phone and do a couple episodes and see if you enjoy it um but yeah I definitely I enjoy the benefits of podcasting versus YouTube. Now, not to say I won't ever start a YouTube channel. I kind of have some plans in the works for maybe a YouTube channel once I get to a certain point in my podcast or my social media. Uh, But yeah, I'm definitely sticking with the pod for now. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. I I wanted to start a YouTube channel because I was like, oh my God, showing how I'm a teen entrepreneur on YouTube would do really good. But then I was like, that means I probably have to get ready every day yeah. <laughs> and I have to spend so much time trying to find the perfect clip and then I have to make sure I don't sound dumb. Like, yeah. like I've kind so of started much. on my Instagram stories just doing like little video stories. Oh, and, like, same here. <laughs> people through my day or like doing live Q&As and all that stuff and that's kind of helped because I didn't realize how hard it would be. So Yeah, and it's, it's a reality because I... I never did like the video things until probably like a month ago I started and I don't do it frequently either, but it's just, it's really cool. And it's, it's scary at first. Like if it was probably Mm -hmm. scary for you to start out and think, you know, for, to think about what is going to go on with like everything. Like you're just like, someone's going to say, I look bad. Like someone's going to say this, someone's going to say that. But once you record that first like live video, it's like, you can't stop. You're like, Oh, I'm over it. I can do it now. (laughs) Yeah, well, the the thing is, like, I was looking at, like, articles and stuff of how to, you know, expand your reach on Instagram, because I'm not only trying to promote, like, myself on Instagram, because self-promo, but um, <laughs> my podcast as well is to promote people to go to listen to my podcast, not just because I want to be famous on Instagram for my podcast, you know, um, but yeah, I definitely, when I first started looking through like how am I going to grow how am I going to grow the number one thing people said was to engage people by video so um, that's when I started you know talking on my story or you know posting videos of my you know uh, those what do you call them the the videos of your uh, sound for your podcast what are those called the like the audio the audio right just like the audio of your yeah the audio but then but then you can use like headliner or wave or something and it like makes the bars go up and down oh yeah yeah it's I think it's like an audiogram or something like that. oh audiogram yeah 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 so that those are cool I like to do those sometimes um and if you need a a website to use go ahead and use headliner because I think it's free um but yeah that those are definitely like the the best ways to you know, engage with people on your story because stories have become a lot more popular than your feed. So 
Wow, we're really dishing out, like, what everyone should do to become a social media queen. I know. We're over here, like, giving them the best, best tips ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So since you're in college and right now we're stuck at home and you do have, you know, you probably have a lot of ideas and plans in your mind. So I would love to know, what does time management look for you? Because I know it's really, really important to have self-care and as a entrepreneur I really focus on working and I don't stop working. Like I can work 14 hour days and I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure you do too. Mm -hmm. So what does time management look for you? When do you know it's time for you to take a break? Yeah. So my one thing that I've learned along the way is that work-life balance is not real. Like sometimes work is going to take priority and sometimes life is going to take priority and there's never going to be a real balance that's going to make you happy. Um, You're just going to have to do your best along the way and um, just deal with it. And I, I think that's been a kind of freeing feeling to realize that, okay, some days work is going to be my number one priority and I'm working all day from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. And some days I need to, you know, take a day off and have fun with my friends and go see my family and all that stuff. And uh, the balance looks very different on a day-to-day basis. But in terms of time management, I would say that my biggest tip for time management is to plan your day out the day before. Um, so for example, we're recording this podcast. It's a Saturday. It's almost 3 PM my time. And I already know exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, so you might, you might think that like, that's a little uptight of me to like, you know, already be prepared for the next step. Um, and one, one thing that it does, hurt me sometimes is because it's hard to enjoy the present when you're thinking so much about the future, but it really helps you stay on top of what you need to do. And especially if you're similarly minded like we are, um, and you have a lot that you want to accomplish, the best thing you can do is to make a plan and stick to that plan as much as possible. Um, I would say I've kind of found a general routine that works for me in terms of like managing working and school and my business and my podcast. Um, And let me just say, like, I, I do a lot of things. Let me talk about all the things that I'm juggling. So I let's, let's operate under the assumption we're not in quarantine because quarantine, you know, this is a once in a, hopefully once in a lifetime thing that won't, we won't have to deal with much longer. But um, so like I, I do school full time. I have a job that I work at 30 hours a week. I intern at a tech company. I run a freelance business. I have a part-time job at SoulCycle, which is a spin studio. I run the podcast. I am in a sorority. I run an on-campus magazine at school. Um, and among a couple other like organizations that I'm slightly involved in, I, I like to be a part of my sorority's philanthropy, which is the Ronald McDonald House Charities. And um, I've been a very active member in that for a while. And so I do a lot of things. So I think the first thing is to realize that you can't do it all, all the time, and you have to prioritize. I think that's the number one other thing about time management is that you you have to plan things and you have to prioritize because I can't prioritize all six 
seven, eight, however many things I just listed off, I can't prioritize all of those in a day. What is going to be my priority? And right now, obviously, that's school. Um, so school always comes first because I'm paying for it. The rest of it is for fun or I get paid. So you got to prioritize school. And then the next thing is like, do I need to prioritize work or do I need to prioritize spending time with my friends? Because I think the easiest thing is to get into a routine of where you work so much that you neglect, you know, the people around you. And I've definitely had issues like dealing with that because I'm so focused on, you know, being, you know, being a, a boss and like trying to get all this stuff done and getting, you know, closer to my future goals. And I sit back and realize, wow, like I, there's so much time that I could have spent with my friends or there's so much time that I could have been spending with my family and I, I didn't do that and so I think you have to figure out like what what you value the most and what what's going to make you happy and also like what is the most important so uh if like if it helps you like the, another easy thing to do is like think about all your responsibilities that you have to do in a day or a week and just literally write a number next to them and see what is your top priority and what is your least your your lowest priority <laughs> and um that can change from week to week like this week my priority actually really isn't school it's working but the next week i have finals so finals will be my number one priority so um just just being flexible, knowing that not everything can be a priority all at once and, you know, just planning your days out as much as you possibly can. Because when you plan your day out the day before, you can wake up and immediately get to work because there's no running around figuring out what what you're doing for the day because you already planned it out for you. So when you're groggy in bed before you've had your cup of coffee, you already know, oh, I need to you know, check my Instagram DMs and respond to all of them. Or, oh, I need to, you know, check, I need to check my work email and like answer all my emails. And then I need to do this. And then I need to do that. And it's kind of like you you become on autopilot. And that just makes you a lot more um, efficient, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. It's, <laughs> that was a lot of information, but a lot that I hope the listeners are able to take in. And think about and that's really really awesome that you do all these amazing things and I can kind of relate to you because I was at a point that I had two internships I had this business I was planning my other one I mean I had my social media business I was planning this one I was planning my podcast I was doing so many different things it's just like it's so much things that you have to do and it's really really good to have a plan and to stick with it because without it you're kind of just gonna like go all over the place you're not gonna know what to do and I think it's very, very common for anyone who is super busy or is a freelancer, or, you know, entrepreneur has, is in college or high school. Mm -hmm. or anything. It's really important to stick to a plan because if you don't have a plan, you're just going to lay in bed and do, you know, watch, watch YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And I think also being an entrepreneur or just like being in this go, 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 um, mindset is you do have to sacrifice things for it. Like I do sacrifice the like spending days watching Netflix. Like there have been so many conversations that I've had while in quarantine of people, you know, watching Netflix all day because they don't have anything better to do. And I'm like, 
I rarely get afforded the opportunity to watch Netflix. Like if I'm lucky, I get one episode of Netflix every night before I go to bed. And that's kind of like my self-care, treat myself, relax my brain, stop thinking about work time. And like all, everyone's like, oh my gosh, have you watched this new show or this new movie? And I'm like, I've never even heard of that. And so, you know, sometimes it does, like, like I said, it can bite you in the butt, but also like it depends on what you're willing to sacrifice. So I, I have goals that I'm willing to sacrifice watching TV for five hours a day. I have goals that I'm willing to sacrifice some time with my friends or my family for. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to sacrifice all your time and never see your friends or your family, but like sometimes work is more important than that. So yeah, I would just say like, figure out what you're willing to sacrifice and what that means, but also like still focus on, you know, having time to unwind and to take care of yourself because um, one one of my actually best performing episodes on my podcast is how to avoid burnout because I think people like us can very easily get burnt out. And I think the the best way to do it is to figure out how you can, you know, keep yourself happy and talk to your friends and talk to your family and do the activities that make you happy and, you know, work out and do all the things that are like good for your brain um, in terms of like your happiness while also, you know, things that you're passionate about working hard and, you know, all those things. I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it's a balance and you might never find the balance, but if you work as hard as you can at it, I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. And I want to relate that with the whole Netflix thing. Everyone at, like, my friends and stuff are just like, oh, I'm watching Netflix. Like, I'm here chilling. I'm bored. I'm just like, I have not been able to watch a single Netflix show probably since before we were in quarantine. Like, I was so, you know, I was still in school. Like, we were just in school learning. So I wasn't, I didn't have so much time on my hands for my business. So I would, like, let myself go, and I'd be like, okay, like, today I'm going to not work, but now that I'm at home with all these new ideas, I'm so busy, and Mm. it's just, like, I don't have time to watch a single Netflix show. I don't (laughs) have time to watch, like, YouTube videos. Like, yeah, at night, it's literally my only, like you said, hour or two to watch something, but it's, like, it's really, really interesting on how an entrepreneur lives and how your brain works as an entrepreneur like you're like you were saying like you have so many things in your mind like you have so many things to do you're always just thinking about it and that's what I do and I'm pretty sure you do you do as well like you're just always thinking about your work your freelancing everything that you have going on and it's just it's also good to implement you know self-care and that one hour at least of Netflix Yeah, I would say the only other thing is I've learned to value how important like taking a break in the middle of the day is. I used to be the kind of person that worked through my lunch break and, you know, just would take 10 minutes to make food and then get back to work while eating lunch. And I've, that's kind of a self-care thing that I've been really valuing and, you know, focusing on in 2020, I would say, is that giving myself an hour at lunch to, you know, either call my friends or watch TV or, you know, do something that kind of, like, doesn't make my mind think about work or what, or school or whatever I was working on, and um, so I would highly recommend that, too, just because it, get, it gives your brain a break. Yeah, as well as it's totally okay to, you know, turn that one break, that one hour break to two hours or three hours. It's mm-hmm. always okay. You're never gonna, it's your hour, so if you want to take a day off, take the day off that's on you like it doesn't if you want to work tomorrow if you don't want to work tomorrow but you want to work today like do that it's fine (laughs) yeah it's you (laughs) you're in control yes 
So kind of almost ending the podcast episode. This one is super good. I'm just want to say that like we are doing so good. We're letting <laughs> everyone know the best tips. Oh my gosh. I'm glad. Uh, yes. So do you have any future plans or goals for your personal brand, for your business, for your podcast? Yeah. So I would say I kind of have three, three to four-ish things going for me right now. Um, so I have uh, my like design career and I actually like after I graduate in a year I do plan to get a corporate job like a regular job I'm not planning on becoming a freelancer full-time um so I'm, I'm working on you know my internships and trying to get that corporate job um so that's like one avenue and then there's podcast avenue working on growing my podcast um and that kind of relates to my social media avenue where I'm trying to grow like my Instagram and my podcast Instagram and all that kind of wrapped into one. And then the other avenue would again be my freelance business. So I have four things that I'm working on growing right now. And I think right, right at this minute, there's nothing that's I'm looking to change or looking to do other than just like see where everything takes me in the next year. I mean, next year could be completely different than this year. Um, so I try not to focus too far in the future, especially when there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so once I graduate, I do plan to get a regular full-time job as a graphic designer and just continue to see where the other avenues take me. And eventually one day I probably... I'm hoping to expand my freelance business to be like my primary income source. It's also great to start a business um, in the sense that like when you get married and have kids and you know, you like, I, I would love to be a stay at home mom or like um, my mom, she was a stay at home mom, but she ran her own business. Um, and I think that's kind of something I might like to do as well. Uh, while you know my kids are young uh, I mean that's not always necessarily what everyone has to do it's just something that I would prefer to do or have the freedom to do um or like if this podcast takes off and like I decide to start a YouTube channel and social media stuff becomes like um popular important um, and that takes off like maybe I would go in that direction so I'm keeping my future pretty open uh, the only thing that I really know that I'm going to do is I'm going to graduate I'm going to get the job and then I'm just going to kind of see where everything takes me and just kind of move in the direction of what is suiting me best what I enjoy the most what you know I can make money off of you know because I mean time is money ladies um but yeah I mean if my podcast were to flop then maybe I would, you know, focus on my freelance business more. You know, it's always great to have a lot of opportunities available for you because you can see what's doing well and what's not doing well and pivot. I think that's another important thing is just to learn how to, to pivot the best that you can. I love that. Thank you for sharing that because mm -hmm. it's really important to know that you can have goals in different sections and different aspects. Like you have, you know, your career goals, but your podcast goals, but your freelance goals and you know, you can always work towards your goals. And I know because you are such a self-motivated person. You're <laughs> awesome. I know you're going to get those goals and I know you are going to achieve them and even achieve more. But it's really cool to see how people's, like, people's you know, their dreams and their ideas are different than each other and how mm -hmm. they're working towards them. For example, you like you're a freelancer and a lot of people might think, oh, why doesn't she just do freelancing full time? Like, isn't she making money? But you have different goals than mm -hmm. just, you know, focusing on freelancing. Like you want to get that corporate job. 
you want to expand, you know, everything you want to expand your podcast and this is not, and there's more to than just one goal. And it's totally fine if you have like 20,000 goals and then you want to achieve all of them, like take your time and achieve all of them because you can, I mean, look at us. Like you have 11 years in graphics. I have now two businesses. Like it's, it's crazy. Like dreams, Mm -hmm. if you achieve them and you work towards them, like they will come true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the, the best thing to know is that keeping your options open is always good because you never know what day you'll realize, oh, I hate doing the podcast and I'll have to do something else. Or what day that I decide that I hate my boss at the job that I'm working at and I'm just going to quit and become a freelancer. Like you never know when things are going to go wrong. So you always want to, you know, create those opportunities for yourself. Don't wait for anybody to make them for you because it's very rare that just opportunities come by out of nowhere. Like most of the time it's from your own doing something that you did and you, you created them. So I think the, the most successful people are creating the opportunities for themselves. They're not waiting around for someone else to make them for them. Yes, I love that. <laughs> so kind of ending the podcast, I always love ending them like this, but what advice would you give other teens who want to start their own business or just advice with everything that you do? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like I've given some pretty good advice just throughout this, but again, first thing, stop worrying about what everyone else is going to think of you um, and just start it, even if it's messy, even if you have no idea what you're doing, because the sooner you start it, the sooner it can be successful. Um, If you wait around for a year, two years, and, you know, you don't make any progress, you know, there's, you wasted two years of sitting on an idea that could be, you know, the next multi-million dollar business, like you have no idea. So that's kind of what I did with my podcast is I decided to stop sitting around and just start doing it. And it was going to suck at the beginning and eventually it would get a lot better. So I think that's kind of, I'm getting to the point where like I'm getting in my groove and I have an idea of what I'm doing. So, but everybody's going to go through that phase of not really knowing what they're doing and you you have to do it. So you might as well just do it now. And the other thing that I'll say is to just focus on what you're passionate about and stop focusing so much about the money because there is no business that started out profitable. There is no business. I love Shark Tank. I don't know if you watch Shark Tank. That's one of my favorite shows. Um, and you you hear all the time these people saying, oh, we're not profitable yet. Oh, it's three years and we'll be profitable by next year. Um, so there's a lot of time and money that you have to invest into starting a business and it's not going to immediately be profitable. So you have to have that patience and be passionate about it to be in it for the long haul. Because just like they say, whenever you want to start a YouTube channel, like don't start a YouTube channel, assuming you're going to start making thousands of dollars and get all these crazy sponsorships and fly to Bali for free. Like it's not going to happen. So you should really only be starting a business if you're passionate about the business because the passion's what's going to get you through the times when the money's not going to get you through the times. So um, yeah, that's all I have to say is I'm passionate about everything that I'm working on. But if I suddenly stop be- being passionate about something, I've created opportunities for myself to do other things. But yeah. I love that because that's also like my, like I always share that I'm just like, it's always, if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, you're never going to get to that point where you're going to be making the money, you know? Yeah. Nothing's going to ever start with, you're not going to start your Instagram account and you're going to get your first client and you're going to make a thousand dollars. Like it's going to take time. Everything takes time. And if you don't put the time and effort from yourself, 
then you're never going to get there. And it's the same thing for YouTube, same thing for a business. Like, yeah, I am passionate about, you know, social media, but I'm not just going to put out, you know, like bad posts and not mm-hmm. expect, you know, stuff back. Like if I'm posting something bad, like I'm not going to expect someone from that post to be like, oh my God, can I work with you? Cause they're going to be like, she's posting this. Like, why am I going to work with her? Yeah. So you have to actually put time and effort into what you're doing and what you want to do to get, you know, those results that you want. And mm-hmm. those results might come in a week, but if not, they can come in a month or even, you know, two months. Like you never know. It's just, it takes time and don't stress out about it. And I, I really live like that because you can't stress about something that you're passionate about because if you're working towards it, you're going to get there someday, somehow, some yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. So that was the end of this podcast. I want to say thank you so much for being here. This is probably one of my favorite, favorite episodes. Uh We shared so much information and it was, oh my God, it was really successful. So if you guys were listening the whole time and you guys got to the end, um, hi, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to take notes and tag us to see what you guys took notes on and what you guys are going to work on for your business or your freelancing or anything that you want to start, feel free to do that. Would love to like look at it because I know I love looking at what you guys are, you know, jotting down and what you guys are looking at. I'm pretty sure you do too. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to do that. And thank you. And make sure to let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. So, um, I guess you can link all this stuff, but I have my personal Instagram, which is just at Kelsey Lynn Jones. Then I also have my website, which is KelseyLynnJones.com. So pretty easy. Um, that's just my full name. And then I also have my podcast, um, Instagram, which is at what's stopping you podcast. And then again, you can find the podcast on all the platforms. Um, and then hopefully this summer I will be launching a freelance page. Um, cause right now my freelance work really just lives on my website, but I want to launch like a Instagram page for just my freelance work. Um, cause that's another huge way people get clients these days. So, um, be on the lookout for that. But if you follow me on my personal, you'll you know, know everything there is to know about my podcast, about me, about my freelance work, all that stuff. But those are the main Yay. places you can find me. Thank you. And I want to say thank you again. And hopefully we can have like a recap episode, see where we are in like six months, like how much we've grown, where you are in life, where I am in life. Because I, I love that. I feel like it's really cool to see like where people have grown. So I'd love to do that. Yeah, I definitely love to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the episode. This is really, really cool. I'm glad this is my <laughs> first, my first um, guest opportunity. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about Kelsey's story and my story. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. See you in our next episode.